Welcome friends to another r slash am I the jerk here video. Would you be a jerk for ramming your car into somebody? We'll find out, but first a story from OKToe5157. Am I the jerk for sticking to my 29 year old male, guns, when it came to our daughter's name? When my wife, 31 year old female, and I, 29 year old male, were trying to get pregnant, we had a deal that if we had a boy, she would get to choose the full name, and if we had a daughter, I would. I was fine with this deal, but we both had a veto in case we didn't like the name the other had chosen. Once we got pregnant, my wife was completely sure that we were having a boy because a mother knows. Her entire family was convinced of it too. During the baby shower, everything was blue and all the gifts were demanded to be masculine. Her mother had already started knitting things with the name my wife had chosen. Once the baby came, we saw it was a girl, and I was ecstatic because, although I wanted both a boy and a girl, I always imagined my firstborn to be a girl. My wife, though seemingly exhausted, was happy too. When I wrote the name in the birth certificate, I let her know I was using the name I'd already run past her. Now, a year later, I come home from work, and I find my mother-in-law and wife there talking about my daughter. Only, they're using another name. When I inquired who they were talking about, They kinda went deer in headlights and blurted that they were talking about daughter. When I asked why they were using another name, my mother-in-law said because that's what we decided to name her. Then she went on a rant about how it's unfair that I chose the name and how it's completely unsuitable for her, etc. I was shocked because this was the first time anyone had claimed any objections to the name. So now I realize that the reason my daughter has trouble recognizing her name is because we've been using two different names the entire time. My wife later came to me suggesting we officially get her name changed, and I stuck to my guns and told her we're not doing that and she needs to stop. This led to a fight about how unsupportive I am and stole her right to name the child she gave birth to. I told her that the opportunity to veto any name is long gone and she can't expect me to support something this stupid. Here's the worst part. I could be convinced to change the first name, but the one she wants is a very odd feminine version of the name she wanted for her son. Imagine using a female version of the name Drake or Thomas. She got angry and left both my daughter and I and went to her parents. Her entire family except my father-in-law is calling me controlling and how it's unfair I chose the entire name and made it all about myself. Honestly, this is so out of left field and creepy that I'm considering divorce. My parents and friends said they understand why I'm upset, but should come to a compromise and change the name to something we both like, and that divorce is overkill, but I don't think so. I feel it in my gut that she may be trying to recreate this son by sacrificing our daughter. If she can use a different name to address her for a year, What else has she been doing to her? So Reddit, am I the jerk for not compromising with our daughter's name? I think OP's definitely not the jerk here. It sounds like they had a pretty clear-cut agreement on how the naming was going to go. The planning phase probably wasn't done very well because they were just so convinced it was going to be a boy. OP's wife probably got so enamored with the idea of having a boy that when they found out they were actually having a girl, they were probably so set and so excited and so ready for this boy to come that it was probably devastating to them in a way. But it was an agreement that they made, and either way, it was the wife's fault for agreeing to it if, after the fact, they realized they hated it. And the fact that they didn't use the veto shows that there's probably a secret underlying guilt 
and knowledge that what they're doing is wrong? What do you guys think? Considering the wife carried the child, and despite the agreement after the fact isn't happy with it, should they have a say in changing the baby's name? Or are you fully on board with OP? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Bratster22. Am I the jerk for not giving up my seat on the airplane? My wife and I were traveling on a 10-hour flight from Europe to Asia last week. We booked our tickets well in advance and also managed to book the specific seats we wanted. Two seats in the first row in the middle column of seats. It was a Boeing 787 with the seat configuration being three columns with three seats each. We paid for these seats as it was going to be a long journey and wanted the extra leg space. When we boarded, there was a woman holding a baby seated in the middle seat. We had booked the two aisles on the off chance that the middle seat may be empty, but with the full intention for me to switch to the middle seat if the passenger wished to sit in one of the aisles and not between us. This woman, before I even had a chance to put my bag in the overhead compartment, asked me, Can I be really cheeky and ask you to switch seats with my husband? She then pointed towards her husband, sat in the second row on the left side column of the aircraft. Only the first row has extra leg space and requires additional payment to book the seat. She then told me that her husband needs to be next to her to help with the baby. My wife stayed quiet while I politely but firmly told her that unfortunately as this seat is in a second row, I wouldn't be moving there as I'd specifically paid for the seat with extra leg room. She then claimed that she and her husband had paid as well, but they placed him in the second row, which seemed very suspect. Either way, I stayed firm. Then the steward came and requested me to switch with the husband on her behest, and I had to tell him the same thing, making things quite awkward. She then threw daggers at me for some time. The baby started crying after a while as well. Thankfully, the steward came back and told me that there were two vacant seats in one of the other first rows and offered to move us. We ended up moving there, but could hear this lady animatedly make comments about us to her husband from behind for some time after that. When I recounted this incident to my in-laws, they said I should have just moved as she had a baby with her, and that turned into a different conversation about baby expectations. My wife agrees with me that her poor planning is not our problem, and that we should have stayed put if there were no other first row seats. Quite coincidentally, I read an article about a similar incident that happened with mixed opinions in the comments section. So am I the jerk? Now I'm no expert, and it's purely speculation, but to me it sounds like this lady was expecting to sit there, probably between two strangers, and hope that they could convince one of them to give up that seat and switch with their husband. I'm of the opinion though that if you pay for a seat with the intention of wanting that seat for a particular reason, be it a window seat, be it a aisle seat, be it a front row seat, you have every right to that seat and you shouldn't have to give it up because somebody with a baby got the seat next to you. Bottom line, if you're going to give up that seat, you at least have to give it up for a seat of comparable value, which in this case they did, they moved to another first row seat. But I agree with OP and their wife in that if there was no other first row seat, they should have just stayed put because that's what they wanted, and that's what they paid for. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has awesome stories, like our next story from Any Description 2013. Am I the jerk purposefully booking the same wedding venue as my sister, but earlier, so I could get married there first? I can admit that my viewpoint is pretty one-sided, but my actions have divided my family, so I figured I could get some outside perspective. My sister and I don't get along. 
I can be honest and admit that she's much prettier than me, and that's something she's never let me forget. Both my parents are pretty shallow, and they've always given her the best and put her first. I.e., if we both had a school event at the same time, they'd both go to hers. This has left me pretty bitter and distant from my family. My boyfriend of five years recently proposed, and I was super over the moon. And straight out of a bad rom-com script, my sister got engaged right afterwards. It didn't really faze me, other than serve as a slight nuisance, since my parents were more happy and involved with her engagement. My mom's been helping her plan, but couldn't help me because my sister needed more help, and she couldn't devote me the time I deserved. Don't feel bad for me though, because my mother-in-law is a godsend and super sweet slash genuinely treats me with so much love. Anyways, what really pushed me over the edge was when my sister told me that she booked her wedding at my dream venue. I know it sounds so annoying and cheesy, but I really cared about this location. It was sentimental to me, my grandparents got married there, and I've talked about wanting to get married there as far back as high school when I was just daydreaming. I swear to God, my sister doesn't give a freak about my grandparents, but when I brought it up, my parents told me to stop being so petty. In a fit of actual pettiness, I ended up booking the same venue a month before my sister's wedding. I checked with the venue, and there's no way my sister can move the wedding up. They're booked up, and if she changes venues, she'll lose her deposit. My mother recently reached out to me and implored me to talk to my sister. I blocked her after the first call where she tried to ream me out. Apparently my sister's really distraught, and my mom said the least I could do was try and work something out with my sister, especially over such a huge event. I said no, but my mom said I was a jerk for not even trying to hear her out and for being so stubborn and petty. I know my mom is biased, but it got me thinking because I've been pretty staunch about ignoring her calls, and some of my cousins have told me she seems genuinely upset. I'm not sure whether or not I was right or if I'm being a giant jerk by being so stubborn. I think OP's not the jerk. Under the condition that OP's made it very clear to their siblings, to their family, to friends, that this venue is the one that OP's always wanted to have a wedding at. If from the time OP was in high school till now, wanted to be married in that spot right there, I don't think you can blame them for jumping at the opportunity to move up before seeing their sister get married in their dream spot first. It might seem like a super petty and horrendous act to everybody else, but it's been OP's dream for years and it would otherwise be tainted if they didn't get to have their dream wedding there first. Our next story is from WorriedPapa1762. Am I the jerk for cutting my son's college fund because he refuses to visit me? I, 38-year-old male, have three kids, 18-year-old male, 16-year-old male, and 13-year-old female, but one of them isn't biologically mine, the 16-year-old male. I found out about this three years ago. It was a messy situation, so I ended up divorcing my wife and leaving. I moved to another city because I needed time to heal. I wasn't physically involved in my kids' lives for two years, but I called them every day and talked to them. I also paid child support for the three of them. Here's where I know I did a terrible thing, and maybe that's why Alexander's mad at me and doesn't want to see me. When I called my kids, I only called Sophia and Raphael, 13-year-old female and the 18-year-old male, because I felt uncomfortable talking to Alexander. One day, he was angry and grabbed the phone crying and said, "'Don't you love me, Dad? Why are they more important to you?' I politely replied and said, 
Honey, look, I love you, but I need some time to heal. I'm still your father, and I'll be back soon. He knows I'm not his biological father. I talked to him through messages because I didn't feel completely comfortable doing a FaceTime. I moved back to my city last year with my new partner to settle down, and my kids, 13-year-old female and 18-year-old male, came to visit me immediately, but Alexander didn't come, so I went to his mom to see what was going on. And I talked to him and also apologized for treating him that way, but he refused to come to my house and said that he only wanted to hang out with me, and we did that. When he found out my wife, he refused to come to my wedding, was pregnant, he told me not to visit him again. Then I found that his mom was seeing Alexander's biological father, so I thought that my son wanted a relationship with his bio dad instead. So even if it hurts, I respected his wishes until I found out that he rejects this guy. Raphael says that one day this guy was trying to spend time with him, but Alexander said, Look dude, no hard feelings, but don't try to force a fatherly role on me because you are not my dad, and I already have one. So I decided to invite him again to live with me because my other two kids live with me 80% of the time, and he's the only one who refuses. My daughter was born six days ago, and he hasn't come to see his half-sister. So I called him up and said that if he doesn't come to see me, I'll be cutting his college fund. He told me to freak off and then hung up. My mom says I'm being a jerk for threatening him that way. Am I the jerk? Seriously, I don't see the point of paying a college fund for a child that doesn't even want to see me. I think OP is the jerk in this situation. OP more or less abandoned their kid for years. And after Alexander had to sit there and watch their own siblings get calls from their dad, who wouldn't call Alexander because he felt too conflicted, I feel like you can understand why Alexander felt the way they did. And instead of just continuing to try to work through this and try their best to establish some kind of relationship, OP starts threatening them to try to force a relationship. So yeah, I think OP's the jerk. This next story is from TTMXG. Am I the jerk for bragging about me being multilingual when my fiancé made fun of my accent? So I, female 26, have been with my fiancé, male 26, for two years and six months ago moved to his home country. I stayed at home for three months self-learning Swedish and finally now I'm comfortable to speak it around. And I understand conversations and stuff. At work, everyone speaks English, but now during social gatherings with family and friends, I'm trying to be less shy and speak up, even if my Swedish is broken. We were having an after work with my fiancé and his colleagues, and I mispronounced a word, and he made a joke, she's a work in progress. Then I made another mistake, and he said, well, should we switch to English so you won't keep embarrassing yourself? And all his colleagues laughed. I got annoyed and answered in Swedish, Well, when you manage to speak seven languages like I do, you'll be allowed to make fun of me. At least I'm trying. Now excuse me. And I left without saying goodbye to anyone. So that's when I think I was rude and kind of cocky. My fiancé got home saying I humiliated him and made a fool of myself in front of his colleagues. So am I the jerk? Should I have played along? I think OP's definitely not the jerk here. I don't know about most people, but if that was me in that situation... I wouldn't like being made fun of in that way. It seemed just needlessly harsh. Like maybe the first comment, she's a work in progress, is alright, go along with that. But when it starts getting into the belittling and saying, oh well maybe we should move away from this so you won't keep making a fool of yourself. It's really one of those comments that isn't even really a joke for the person that's being made fun of. It's one of those comments you want to go, oh just shut up too. Our next story is from Not Cancelling Wedding. 
Am I the jerk for not canceling our wedding because sister-in-law is getting divorced? My fiancé and I are getting married in September. My fiancé's sister just found out her husband and father of their three kids was cheating on her for the past two years. And he left the house and they're getting a divorce. My sister-in-law is very distraught by this, of course, since she's been with him since they were 19. They're 34 now. Since they're getting a divorce, now everyone from my fiancé's side of the family demands that we cancel our wedding to show solidarity and to support my sister-in-law. They also believe it would be improper to celebrate while my sister-in-law is getting divorced and left alone with three kids. My sister-in-law also demands it and says there's no ifs and buts and the wedding is getting cancelled and it's the respectful thing to do. While I truly feel for her and her situation, I don't understand what our wedding has to do with it and how cancelling it will help her feel better. I understand being at the wedding is going to feel bittersweet, but her divorce and our wedding are two separate occasions, and I don't feel like we should cancel anything. My fiancé agrees on everything and was the first one to say how it's completely unreasonable to cancel our wedding. My sister-in-law and my fiancé's parents think we're being extremely selfish and inconsiderate. Am I the jerk? I mean, if you want to cancel your wedding because of this, because it's going to be bittersweet, I think you can do that, but I wouldn't think you'd be the jerk for not canceling it just because your sister's going through a divorce. I agree with OP when they say that they don't really see how both events are linked. It might be bittersweet and painful for the sister-in-law, but it's also not going to make her feel better canceling the wedding, and it isn't really an easy thing to just cancel a wedding. There's probably a lot of money to lose doing such a thing. Our next story is from Camp and Supplies. Am I the jerk for no longer covering part of my nibblings camp slash school expenses? I, 30-year-old female, am married to a woman, 28, and we have an 8-month-old. My brother and his wife, 34 and 32, have two kids, 13-year-old male and 6-year-old female. We used to be close, but they joined a church when nephew was young, and our relationship changed. We haven't really talked much for about 6 years. My wife and I are financially stable and help family in whatever way we can. We've never felt taken advantage of until this situation with my brother and sister-in-law. We buy clothes and school supplies for both kids, pay for nephew's summer camp and private lessons for various interests. Last spring when I shared the news of our pregnancy, I got a lengthy message from my brother letting me know that they can no longer support my lifestyle and while they love me and hope I change my mind, I was no longer welcome in their home. They didn't want to confuse the kids. It's not the kid's fault, so I still paid for all the usual stuff last year. I'm supposed to pay for camp this summer, but they've decided to send them to their church's camp instead. It costs double. They didn't ask if I was willing or able to pay more. I wouldn't normally mind, but why would I want to pay for him to be taught my lifestyle is perverted and sinful? I messaged them and said they should have asked me before changing his plans and budget for camp. They said they don't need my permission to send him to church camp. I said that should mean they don't need my money either. My brother tried to convince me that it would be beneficial to my nephew. They already promised him and he would be disappointed since they can't afford it. I do feel terrible for my nephew but I don't think they should have promised him anything before talking to me. Two days ago, he called to see if I'd reconsider but I stood firm. He said I shouldn't take whatever resentments I have towards him and his wife on his kids. I said it goes both ways. If they have a problem with my wife and I, my daughter's innocent. Does he even know her name, birthday, what she looks like? Has he ever asked? 
After a long silence, he said, Come on, OP, you know that's not the same. She isn't even actually related to you. Nephew is your blood and you guys were always so close when he was little. He misses you. I hung up and have been crying since. My wife and I talked and are considering cutting them off and putting the money I usually spend on them into a college fund instead. My mom says I have every right to be angry at my brother, but should reconsider for my nephew's sake. It's not his fault and he won't understand. He'll think now that I have a daughter, I don't care about them anymore. I do feel terrible about it, but I'm at a loss. My wife suggested I post here, so am I the jerk? I'm so lost and confused and don't know how to proceed. So I think OP is definitely not the jerk. First of all, it's not even really about the nephew or not. They went and moved them into a camp without confronting you. That costs double what you've been paying. That alone should be reason enough. Second of all, they're keeping you out of nephew's life already, aren't they? The nephew misses OP because the nephew's father's been keeping them from them. I think it would just be nice to be able to tell the nephew what the real situation is so they understand why OP isn't talking to them and isn't paying for the camp. Our next story is from JustAThrowAway7924. Am I the jerk for talking about my heritage? So I, 23-year-old female, am Native American. I don't look it. I have a white biological father, and my bio dad's not my sibling's father. My siblings, my mom, my grandparents, and the person I call my father are native and they look it. My skin color is rather pale because of bio dad's genes, and for a long time, I was really self-conscious about it, with many people not believing my heritage or telling me to prove that I'm native. Note, no native or other people of color have asked me to prove myself or anything. It's only ever been white people. As I've grown and gotten more in touch with my roots, I claim my heritage and know that genetics being weird are not indicative of my true self. That blood quantum is an outdated and racist ideal, etc. And I speak openly about who I am, ignoring the haters. Recently, a man came into my work who was quite obviously another native man and told me that I have beautiful features and that I look like I have native blood. I almost cried. It isn't often that someone looks past my skin color and notices my features, and it really made me feel validated. We talked about cultural stuff for a little bit while I rung up his items, and when he left, I couldn't stop smiling. Then I noticed my coworker looking super uncomfortable. I asked them what was wrong, and they said, well, it just makes me uncomfortable to hear about your supposed heritage. I asked them what they meant, and they said, there's no reason to talk about that stuff at work and it makes me uncomfortable to hear about because I don't have anything like that to talk about, so it's unfair too. You get to pretend you're special and it's annoying. You look white, just accept it and stop trying to be special all the time. I got really mad at them and said that just because they weren't connected to their roots didn't mean I couldn't be proud of mine and that maybe they should look into their ancestors and see if they could find something cool. They might be Irish or Eastern European or Scandinavian or something. And those cultures have rich historical backgrounds, which they could learn about, and then they could have something to talk about too. They got really mad at me and said that I should just stop talking about it, and they called me a jerk for acting like I'm better than them. I don't think I do act like I'm better. If they were able to connect with someone and talk about their heritage, I would be so happy for them. Am I really the jerk? I think OP's not the jerk, and I think this coworker's just being judgmental, or almost maybe even jealous. 
in no way should you feel bad for this person trying to put you down for talking about your Native American heritage. Whether the color of your skin conventionally to that person matches or not, you know your heritage, you know your ancestors, and you don't have to prove it to anybody. And you sure as heck don't have to feel shameful for being proud of it and talking about it. Our next story is from Sir Liege. Am I the jerk for saying what my parents said slash did was creepy and disgusting? My mom died when I was six, and my dad got remarried when I was 11. My stepmom has always been really great. She married a guy with young kids, but never tried to take over or place herself into the family where my mom once was. She created a new slot, a different slot, and made it work. But my dad's parents have always been pretty old school in their thinking. They used to see it as disrespectful that we called our stepmom Jean, or that she didn't adopt us. My dad and stepmom's wedding was sort of rushed because Jean was pregnant and my dad was due to have surgery on his back, so they did a very quick courthouse thing. Fast forward, and it's about to me 30 years since they married, and my grandparents are giving her crap. I didn't realize at the time, but they had told her that she should have worn some of my mom's jewelry, should have made some speech about taking over from her, and try to lay claim to my mom's life and possessions in some kind of way. They said it would be comforting for us to show how much she respected her mom and appreciated that she was taking over for her. The whole thing is so darn weird and gross. I'm talking about to both my mom and Jean. I can't imagine my mom would want dad's second wife taking all the stuff she left behind for herself instead of it being for her kids. Even more to make a speech that to me sounds a lot like, you stay dead, this is mine now. And for Jean? She's not my mom, she's a different person. She will always be reminded that she only came because of heartache and pain. That she wasn't the first wife, she's not the mother, she's not the one we've all cried for and miss and wish we could have back. It's never bothered her, but I'm sure it was awkward at first. To find a place that respected that, while also making her feel like she truly belonged and wasn't second best. But my grandparents essentially wanted her, and still want her, to become the person our mom was, instead of being her own unique person, on a day where she's celebrating her marriage to dad, and not my parents' marriage. So when I heard this being said, and my dad was never aware of what went on, I told them it was creepy to expect her to take over another person's life like that, and that it's disgusting to try and bring someone down for not wanting to disrespect someone else's memory. I pointed out that trying to be them, trying to take over and replace them, is disrespectful, and not some great honor. I also told them that Jean never tried to be our mother because she knew, always, that she wasn't, and she never could be. But she could be Jean, and she could be something different, but important to our family. My grandparents are pissed. My dad couldn't believe it when he found out. He was so mad at his parents. Other family members are saying I took it all out of context and that I was the one being disrespectful to my grandparents and to Jean. Am I the jerk? I would say OP is definitely not the jerk. I would say there's no black or white solution to this. I feel like everybody in their situations vary how they feel, what roles work in a family dynamic like that. But very clearly, OP and their family found a role that worked very well for them, that they were happy with, that they were comfortable with, and worked well with. And I agree, it's kind of weird and creepy to keep prodding Jean to somehow, like, take claim to the throne and gain all these new possessions and become new mom. Nobody was asking for that. And our final story of the day is from Home Junior. 
Am I the jerk for not paying for my landlord's damaged car after he rammed his car into mine? I live in my landlord's home, renting part of it. Anyways, the suite came with one parking spot. The parking spot that he advertised? This tiny, tiny squeeze right next to two of his cars parked in front of this two-car garage. I live in Vancouver, so landlords can get away with offering the minimum and expect the maximum in rent. But okay, I could carefully fit my tiny coop in, and I had for three months without incident. Well, as I was trying to leave the house yesterday morning, I witnessed my landlord trying to back his F-350 into its usual spot next to my car. Except he missed and rammed my car instead. He climbs out of his truck, looks at me and cusses me out, telling me that because I had my car there, I was at fault. That my car being there made for reckless parking and he had no option but to hit me. Mind you, this was the spot he advertised and I had been parking like he directed me to. I was in the very same spot earlier that morning that he was able to get out of, so clearly it wasn't impossible. I told him no, that he hit my car, and that he was the one who sanctioned a parking spot there, and that I would be happy to settle this without involving insurance if he'd like to pay out of pocket to sort out my car. He of course chuckled at me, called me an idiot, and told me to expect a bill in the mail tomorrow. It should be important to note that I'm a tiny, quiet, and shy woman, and I assumed he thought I'd back down. Yeah, no. I said, nope, you give me no option except to call the police. So I quickly took photos, all while this man was suddenly very angry and cussing me out. I quickly went into my suite, locked the doors, called the police, remembered I still had screenshots of the advertised rental suite, and photos of the landlord's sanctioned parking space, gave it all to the police. It was a lot. I've never spoken to the police before. This morning, he sent me a ton of texts calling me a witch, that I was costing him a ton of money, etc, etc. I know I'm in the right legally, but am I the jerk for how I went about it? I think OP is definitely not the jerk in this situation. They were parked. They backed up into your car. End of question. The liability ends right there. You were stationary and they parked into your car. They threatened to send you a bill. OP should not feel bad, they were not at fault, and they're definitely not the jerk. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another Am I the Jerk here story that was even more insane than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories.